Buying a business is not as difficult as you think, and there are too many myths out there that only millionaires can buy them. Anybody can buy an existing profitable business without prior experience, and many times without using their own money. Arturo has started, bought, and sold over 55-plus businesses across 18 industries. He has coached thousands of individuals, corporate employees, service employees, freelancers, real estate investors, retirees, homemakers, and many others in buying businesses and transforming their lives. And you can too. And to help get you started, here's your host, Arturo Henriquez. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode. So change the terms, not the price. As business buyers, we're so fixated on the price that we tend to lose sight of other variables that could actually make the deal a lot better for us, right? And I'm going to explain this throughout the course of this episode. Now, I had a really interesting conversation with a student of ours that's in our business acquisition program. And he had actually found a business that he really liked. He had been searching for a long time. And an owner that he reached out to several months ago actually reached out to him and was finally ready to sell. And so he reached out to the student of ours. But the business owner was dead set on a $1 million price tag, right? So is it worth $1 million? Well, I did not look at the financials. Uh, the student was just homing over the financials. Um, but this this guy was selling his business. He was over his head. He was burned out and he wanted to exit and was asking for a million dollars. So that was his number. That was the seller's number. And so I haven't seen again the financials. I don't know if it made money. I don't know if it's worth that. But with that in mind, the easiest thing to change when it comes to deals and negotiation is not necessarily the price, but the terms. And this I explained to our student Look, let's look at the deal. Let's look at the terms because you can maybe pay that amount and have a structure in place that's actually more beneficial to you than negotiating the price. Because that's, again, that's what we default to is to try to always negotiate the price downward. And so what I told them was instead of fixating yourself on the price, try to cover your downside, right? So one of the ways we could do that is we can, instead of looking at the overall price, you know, take that off the table and let's change, for instance, the down payment. Let's change the seller financing. Let's add an earn out. Let's uh, do other creative things that are going to minimize the downside and maybe make it worth a million dollars, whether that was what the value of the business was worth or not. There's a variety of things that you can change within the terms of the deal without essentially changing the price, right? And there's a famous quote, I don't know who said it, but it said this, you name the price, I'll name the terms. Meaning the terms are more important than the actual price. In the end, whoever names the terms wins because you can name whatever price you want and you could say, okay, great, but I'll pay you over the next you know, thousand years or something crazy like that. And I'm just exaggerating just to prove a point. So whoever owns the terms, sets the terms, essentially can set up a very good deal for themselves. So let's jump into this and let's look at seller financing, right? So seller financing is very common, right? It's very common and that's a way 
for you to cover your downside. So instead of negotiating the million dollar price tag that this business owner was asking for, let's raise the seller financing. So normally in a deal, there's 10 or 20%, maybe a little more in seller financing. So in this case, instead of asking for that 10 or 20%, let's ask for 50% or 60% or even 80% seller financing and give him that price that, uh, that that seller wants. And so another thing we can add to that to embellish the terms is say, I will pay you the million dollars and I want 50% or 60% seller financing without a personal guarantee. So if he's amicable to those terms, right, we can give him that million dollar price tag. And if the deal goes south, he or she can't come after you personally because on that seller note, because there's no personal guarantee. So what did you do? First, your down payment, you've reduced significantly. Instead of uh, you know having a 10 or 20% seller financing, you have, now you have a 50, 60, or even 80% seller financing. So you only have to come up with 20% or 30%, whatever the math works out. But again, your down payment is significantly less. And that down payment, remember, can come from multiple sources. It doesn't have to come out of your pocket. And so you've reduced the down payment. So now, again, you've reduced your downside, but you've also reduced your personal liability in this case because should the deal go south, should the deal not be worth it, should the price be too much, and for some reason this business folded, there is no personal liability to you. You're, you know, Personally, you are not exposed as it relates to that seller's note. And we can even add to this or have this as a different term so the seller not have accepted some of the terms we're already proposing that the seller financing actual loan repayment, the time it takes to repay the loan, instead of it being the standard three or five years, we can make it 10 years or 12 years, right? And so again, you've, your downside is mitigated because it's going to take a lot longer than normal for you to pay that back. And that may even justify the price tag of a million dollars, assuming the price tag of a million dollars is too high. So these are a couple of terms that you can change as it relates to seller financing and things around seller financing that will you know, allow the, the seller to have the price that they want, but for you to mitigate the downside risk. Now, another way, another term that we can introduce is what's called an earnout, right? An earnout, uh, the difference between seller financing and an earnout is an earnout is based on performance of that company or of an individual or whatever tactics that are based on. So seller financing uh, is saying this is the price and you're going to finance, you know, let's say a million dollars and we're going to do 80% seller financing. So the seller is going to take an $800,000 note that will be payable over a certain time. So again, maybe 10 years at a certain interest rate, a five, six, 7% interest rate. So it's really a loan. That's seller financing and it is great. And earnout is different because now it's tied to some performance of the company. So revenue hits 25% in the next three years, I will pay you that price, right? Or if um, profitability goes up 15% in the next two years, I will pay you that price. 
And if it doesn't, I'm going to pay you a lesser price. Or if X happens, I'm going to pay you Y, right? And if it goes up a little more, then I'm willing to pay you more. But if it goes down, I'm going to pay you less. So earnouts are tied to performance. And that could be another way to approach this and say, yes, I'll give you the million dollars that you're asking for, but I will only pay that with earnouts in place. So the business has to hit certain revenue marks or profitability marks or key performance indicators in the next two, three, four, five years, you know, whatever the term that you feel comfortable with, with this particular deal. So you are willing to pay that million dollars. And so you will maybe pay $500,000 now. And then the other $500,000 tied to that, those metrics, those performance indicators, you know, if you grow 20% in the next five years in terms of revenue or profitability goes up, you know, 15% in the next five years, then you get the additional $500,000. And if it doesn't, then you're going to get less. So you're beginning to get the idea that there's many ways, uh, creative ways that you can actually change the structure, the terms of the deal without necessarily having to haggle, negotiate, um, or see if the $1 million price tag is right or wrong and actually negotiate and get fixated on a price, which a lot of buyers do, and they miss a big opportunity to actually mitigate their downside by you know, looking at the terms of the deal. Now, another thing to keep in mind is that you can accept the price when you send in your letter of intent, your LOI, right, where you're accepting the seller's price, that million-dollar price. But after the letter of intent, you are going to do your due diligence, right? You're going to look under the hood of the business, and you're going to verify, validate everything uh, financially, commercially, legally, among other things that the seller has been telling you. And after you have done your due diligence, you can then turn back and say, look, I found these things that diverge from what you told me originally, so I'm now going to have to change the price because the due diligence is telling me that there's additional risks, right? Or that things that you've told me have not added up or are hard to substantiate. Now, the seller may not accept this, and then the deal is dead. Right, but you can change the terms, or you can work with the seller to figure out whether it's price or terms or a combination of both. Whatever makes you know the most sense to both of you. And 99% of the time, it's going to be easier to change the terms of the deal than it will be the price, because the seller has a price fixated in their mind, and it's hard sometimes to bring it down, especially if you're under letter of intent. They've got a price in their head, but if you open up the hood and say, "Hey, you know what? There's there's more risk." that I was anticipating, you didn't tell me this, or what you told me didn't pan out, there's new information now, then the seller is going to be more amicable to looking at altering the price and, of course, looking at more strategic or creative ways in terms of terms because they ultimately do want to sell their business. So getting back to the student and this $1 million deal, you know that's up for him to decide if that price is correct. After he's gone through the financials, after he's done a proper valuation, it's up to him to decide whether he wants to buy that business for the $1 million that the seller is asking for. It may be a great company that is worth a million dollars and the seller is going to get the million dollars, or maybe it's not worth that. And the student's going to have to say, you know, I'll pay you X amount over the next five years or 10 years. And it's really, it's a smaller amount and it's contingent upon all these metrics 
that have to be hit. So the student is covering his downside. And if it doesn't hit that and it doesn't have the same you know, growth or, or profitability or whatever the metrics are, then the business isn't worth the million dollars. And so the seller is not going to get the million dollars over time because the earnout and the structure and the terms that are put in place are protecting the buyer, in this case, our student, and mitigating the downside. So don't get fixated on the price. Change the terms and not necessarily the price if you're trying to negotiate because it's going to work a lot better than if you just go try to change the price and get stuck and hung up on a deal based on the price when there's so many other variables that you can use to actually embellish the deal you know, for your benefit. Thank you for listening. If you love the How to Buy a Business podcast, then we know you would love the Business Acquisitions Accelerator Program. Here, we have helped thousands of individuals buy profitable existing businesses without having prior experience, and sometimes without using their own money, in as little as 90 days. And we guarantee these results. Head on over to www.arturohenriquez.com forward slash BA.